Hey fam, it's time to talk about something that we haven't covered a whole lot, but I'm super excited to bring some actual high school counselors on to share how in the world to deal with dual enrollment. Dual enrollment 101, what is it? How to do it? Can you really save money on it? And I have in the title that you can save $7,000 plus for college. Honestly, it's probably way more than that. I say that because that's one example of their success stories. And as we went through it all, I can see how it'd be way more than that. So I have 7000 plus. And if you're in high school right now or looking to be in high school, you know, your kids are in high, going to high school, we got to talk about this. Dual enrollment could not only save you 7,000 plus, but some of their success stories are like entirely free college from tuition being paid for, depending on how long someone is in school, right? So we got to stay connected and learn about dual enrollment 101. And if you guys love this or have some specific questions about it you want me to answer or have the high school counselors on again, please head on over to our free Facebook group at Christian College Girl Community on Facebook. You can also find the link in the description below. That's Christian College Girl Community. Let us know how you liked this episode and what questions you have around it because sometimes answers just bring up more questions, right? So let's get into it. Hey girl, welcome to Money and Mental Peace. Do you want to find scholarships and avoid student loans? You find yourself Googling easy scholarships and how to pay for college. Do you feel overwhelmed with life in general that you can't even think about paying for next semester? Hey, I'm Kara, and in college, I too was worried if I was good at money. I couldn't find scholarships that worked specifically for me, and I didn't know how to get started while juggling homework and all the things. But that changed through prayer and God's direction. I tested out of classes, learned to budget, and found those perfect scholarships and even had $10,000 left over in the bank after graduation. At BTW, my parents weren't able to help me financially either. If you're ready to find scholarships specific to you, manage your money well, and just stop being broke, then grab your cold brew and TA-89 because class is now in session. Hey guys, welcome back to Money and Mental Peace with my new friends, Kelly and Caitlin, who are high school counselors. Well, actually, you probably don't go by your first names, right? You're like Miss, Mrs. whatever if you're at high school. I don't know. Um, So I guess I could say, please introduce yourselves and just let me know a little bit about how you got into this. And we'll jump into the basics of dual enrollment and other ways to save money for college. Well, I am Kelly Riley. The kids call me Mrs. Riley. I've been a high school counselor for 10 years. I'm from Monroe County. I moved out of state for about 10 and came back. Um, We do a lot in our job with uh, lots of different things. We wear a lot of hats, but one of the things we're really passionate about and we take a lot of pride in is helping students navigate um, their post-secondary decisions and make really wise choices with both their college choices and their financial choices. And we work with a team of teachers um, to make sure we're able to kind of give these students a full curriculum um, about all the options available to them. And one of the programs that we run and we love because it benefits students in so many different ways is both dual enrollment and middle college. I'm sure we'll talk about that more, but I'll let Caitlin introduce herself. My name is Caitlin Ryan. I'm one of the guidance counselors here. I have been a guidance counselor for four years. Prior to this, I was a general education social worker at North Elementary. Um, As Kelly had said, we partner together in a lot of this alongside of other teachers as well. 
um, in helping students navigate planning for their post-secondary. Um, we support the students in other ways as well, but this is just one of the ways in which we support them. I love that. Cool, cool. And it's cool to hear how you guys like did some other things and then got into this. And as before we started, you expressed your passion for just helping students be prepared for this. Because anyone listening, I think if they've ever had somebody lay out a plan with them, or maybe they hope someone would lay out a plan with them, it feel it brings such peace of mind. So you guys do, it's cool because you guys do like, you know, probably work that gets the paycheck, but also that has purposeful work behind Mm -hmm. it. I love that. Cool. So yeah, there's a ton you guys could talk about. And if people are interested, let me know if you want them to come on again. We'll dig into other details because they know a little bit more on the high school realm that I don't as much deal with because I did not do like middle college and dual enrollment. But that's what we're going to talk about. Could you, I'm, I'm kind of just being a little bit uh, vague and open into questions and let you just the experts expound on it. Could you explain just kind of the basics of dual enrollment and and what that is compared to the idea of middle college. And I I know other states have this, but I'm not sure if they always call it middle college. Just like, what are these terms, you know? And then we can jump into success stories and how listeners can do stuff related to this. Okay. So um, dual enrollment, you'll find that term used quite often throughout different states. We had that in Arizona as well, where I was previously. So that is enrollment in a high school and a college at the same time. There are other states where students have to actually pay for their college credit to get dual enrollment. That is not the case in Michigan. In Michigan, the high school that you attend pays for the tuition and the fees and is supposed to support with books as well for Michigan students. And the law reads that students can take up to 10 classes paid for by their high school in the dual enrollment program. There are different caveats for for students' choices and how that fits in their high school schedule and what what is in the best interest of the student. Um, But that is, for the most part, kind of the quick snapshot view of what dual enrollment means more in like a definition level. Most of the time, students will have on their high school transcript their college class that they took, and then they will also be starting a college transcript at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that is I love that. general. Do you want me to talk about what it looks like in our school system and how it plays into the student's day? Or Sure. I just want to make a comment on that real quick. Basically, um, you guys seem on top of it to have communication with the students about this. And I also know it's not only if it's school size, but part of it, I know you guys have a smaller-ish high school, so it's probably easier to connect with more students but Mm -hmm. if you listeners have like 4,000 students and you're graduating class or in the high school like you might not even know this is an option so I would encourage you guys to even just go ask do we have dual enrollment do we have middle college do we have this and that and the other thing Um, but yes please explain that because people listening might be like what are you talking about I have no time to do high school and college I'm guessing you're saying they're it's not that they're just doing a bajillion extra classes. These are counting for both and it fits into your school day, right? Like, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah. So if a student would like to take a dual enrollment class, our students typically start their junior year in the fall. Um, There have been students who have started as early as sophomore year, Um, but typically they would start junior year and we start them with one college class, um, which is typically three credits. So they would take one college class that semester 
and their schedule would look, they would have two hours off every single day that's designated to their dual enrollment class. So although their college class may only go Monday and Wednesdays from 8 to 9.20, they still have Tuesday, Thursday, Friday off, first and second hour to give them space to complete their college work at that time. Um, wow, that's then, awesome. I didn't actually yeah. realize that. I just was thinking it was just the time to go to class, but you guys give the spacing. Yep. And the students choose between online, blended, and in-person classes. They can be during the school day or in the evening. So it just depends. It's just really, it's very individualized. Mm-hmm. Um, we, as a school, we are 15 minutes from our college. Um, and for us, about 30 to 40% of our juniors and seniors take advantage of dual enrollment. So it is a, it's like its own little machine that we have running and we keep tweaking. So for us, dual enrollment is very effective and our students are, are very successful in that program. Other schools will have dual enrollment and AP. And that, that's a different conversation when you mix those together. In our case, we don't have that. We just have dual enrollment because it's worked really well for us and our system on multiple levels. Sure, sure. And um, this is uh, this is me speaking, not the two high school counselors, but just if for anyone listening, in my understanding, AP can get really difficult. I mean, go for it if you love it and want to do AP classes. But the thing with that, you have to get a certain uh, level scoring to get it as college credits versus if you went into dual enrollment and you passed the class, um you're automatically high school and college credits. In in my understanding, in my experience, it personally seems like the better option than AP. But of course, talk to your counselor about it because um, I, I don't know. I just love the idea of dual enrollment because there's also just experience in a college class, a college campus. Like you're just getting to that level of learning. Um, I love that. And honestly, I'm super impressed you guys have such like a system going for this. So yeah, tell me how that works. I know we wanted to get to success stories, but you know, when we talk, like it brings something else to mind. Um, could we instead kind of go through the process? Let's say a student found out about this, listen to this podcast is amazed for what you have to say, found out about all of this. And is like, how in the world do I get started? Maybe before success stories, could we ask, how could somebody ask their counselor about this or even look into this? So for us, it's a part of our curriculum. We have a parent night. We start talking to kids about it in eighth grade. So for us, it's just part of the way we roll. Wow. Eighth grade. Uh, That's great. Yeah. Just, we just want them to know what they have available. And then every year we kind of add to it. And then we have a big parent night, the beginning, end of their junior, sophomore year, getting ready for their junior year. Um, So a lot of that groundwork is laid there. But I would say if you do not have that, honestly, I would check your school's website and then I would request an appointment with your counselor or send them an email and just say, hey, do we offer this program? What does it look like? And then each school will have guidelines about when a student is ready to take a college class because mm-hmm. we agree with you. We feel like my I, my experience with AP is the same as yours. But when you look statistically at when students take a dual enrollment class and they're successful, they're more likely to finish college and they're more likely to finish it on time, which, as you know, saves them money. Wow, and that's cool it, stats. Yeah. And Kate and I really coach our kids through problems that pop up in the college realm. And we view it as a coaching spot because we want them to know how to navigate when they leave us. Um, And so we have found that they're able to transfer those skills and they are very successful out of it. But the reverse side is if you 
allow a student to take a college class who's not ready because they're 16 years old and that's understandable, then if they're not successful, then they start to think, I can't do college, Mm -hmm. which is really not true. They're just 16 and it's okay. So each school will have different guidelines about what they're looking for or what will fit in their schedule or what is the, you know, the, the guidelines they want their students so they can guarantee or be the most successful in that situation. I love how you explain that. So like the, the readiness is, is super important because it, you're not only building college credits. I feel like you're building like self-esteem and confidence and even doing college. It sounds like you're saying, right? Absolutely. That's so cool. For our school, we have a few requirements the students must have in order to dual enroll. So typically students need to have a 2.5 GPA or higher. And then also um, a teacher within their sophomore year needs to sign off that they are ready because we only see part of who they are, where it's really important for the teachers to have that input in order to sign off on like their um, soft skills and academic um, abilities as well. We look really heavily on their English grades because Mm -hmm. we know there's so much writing. And if I'm going to be candid, 2.5, I believe, is the state law. But as a counselor with experience, that is a lower GPA for students to be launching into college classes. Mm -hmm. So um, they have to also pass the the AccuPlacer for the the college or whatever. They have to do the admissions requirements for the college. So we look at the full picture. And if Mm -hmm. a student is not ready or we have concerns, we express that and we have those conversations We start most students in English because we want them to know how to write for college and we know how well it transfers. But occasionally we'll have a student who struggles in English, but still is college ready in other aspects. So we might look at starting them in a computer class or maybe they're not interested in traditional academics in the university level. They want to take advantage of the automotive program that our local community college has. So we have some caveats where we can really look at the specific student and see what's going to be best for them. That's awesome because... I know what you mean. Like, um, I loved math. So I jumped into like college math and whatnot. And and that might might not be the top one to jump into for students. I love the idea of doing English first, but just the idea of having a balanced, like, yeah, I mean, I I should have said this earlier. I, I also went to our community college here. So I know all that you're talking about. So yeah, we have a great automotive program as well as welding and like other things students could do. Um, and also anyone out there listening, if you do jump in and do like an English class, check out if your college has a writing center or writing fellows, because I was a writing fellow in a writing center and it really helped students thrive if they went and did that, like free coaching on your papers type of thing. So um, perfect. So basically you're saying... As you can tell, I'm putting little inserts of things in, but basically you're saying go through the steps of of kind of requirements um, and probably don't jump in too early to dual enrollment just so that you can see viable success and it can help launch you forward. Am I understanding that right? Just kind of like even even if there's a 2.5 GPA, it might be better if there's a 3.0 or just considering I think even students like people skills and just... Mm-hmm. being able to interact with professors and ask questions like there's way more sometimes than just a GPA so you're kind of looking at all of that it sounds like right yeah, yeah we try to cool cool and this is also something I'd like to throw out for anyone listening not what the high school counselors are saying but anyone else listening um well actually you know what no I'll ask the high school counselors this because I want to see their thoughts on it I have been in the world of a lot of people I interact with have also been homeschooled. So at a young age, they learned how to write and study for themselves. 
Um, do you ever see homeschoolers coming into high school there and and um any sort of pros and cons to be able to jump into dual enrollment because of a homeschool background, whether positive or negative? I know I didn't send you this question in email. I just thought of it. I think it depends a lot on what they were using as their homeschool curriculum, which is where it gets a little bit tricky. But if we have a student in that space and we can grant them their high school credit and they can jump in, we will, that is an opportunity they absolutely have. And, and we have had that before. Okay. All Um, right. So there's possibility. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. And it sounds like though, it's just like, having a relationship with you to understand them enough. So anyone listening would it, turning this around would be trying to have a relationship with your high school or college counselor. So they understand you enough so they can recommend the best course of action. Yeah. Or in a bigger school, like a teacher or a staff member that can okay. vouch for the kind of person you are alongside of your GPA and your performance on tests, such as the AccuPlacer. Yeah, and I think good point. schools will have like on their website, like a checklist for dual enrollment or something, because there are a handful of steps you need to do, mm-hmm. right? So they should, that should be somewhere or they should be able to share that. Um, and then some schools, they do it very independently here. We're just kind of like a little machine. So we just do it collectively and go through our steps, but um, they should be able to find something like that. Yeah. At our parent night that we have for the 10th graders who are interested in dual enrollment in Ida Early Middle College. Um, we share like a to-do list of what you need to do if you're interested in dual enrollment, what you need to do if you're interested in Ida Early Middle College. So that way they can just literally check the boxes as they go to make sure that they qualify for the programs. Sure, sure. And Ida is just phenomenal from all that I've heard. I didn't go there, and but I, I actually didn't tell you guys this over email, but I actually tried to get into Ida uh, back in the day in high school. And my uh, county would not release me <laughs> for school of choice, which is fine. I still yeah. turned out, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying like, I have such a high respect for how you guys seem to be like really connected with your students and on top of it. Um, I tried to get in and they wouldn't let me, not Ida wouldn't let me, my county, my county didn't release yeah. me. Um, yeah. So it sounds like there's a lot of organization. So probably another thing that listeners can take from this is if there ever are information nights, like go to them. Mm-hmm. right that's where you guys kind of launch the conversation about this yeah mm-hmm. and then like for Monroe like our local county they have stuff on their website and sometimes they'll even have an assigned person whose job is to like navigate high school students who are in middle college or dual enrollment programs they typically will kind of point them back to the high school counselor but sometimes if there's a change in information or a change in staffing or just looking for information, they can be a good resource too. Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. And now you've mentioned, you brought up middle college. I know we're trying to get to success stories, but I feel like uh, we're laying a foundation here. So anyone listening who don't doesn't know the the term middle college, or perhaps if there's another term out there, like what in the world is that compared to dual enrollment? So I do know other places call it early college. That is okay. what I've seen um, in other places. So it looks very similar to dual enrollment and there are multiple different models. So it can get very confusing. Um, and I think that's what makes it really hard. Mm-hmm. But um, in our, I'll talk about our case and then maybe give some examples of other ones. Yes, please. But in our case, it really looks like an enhanced dual enrollment if we're perfectly candid. The students have the same schedule um, time off for college classes, their junior and senior year. 
um, when they would graduate for us, they walk with their class, they celebrate with their class, but on the state level, they're not a graduate until the following year. And in that fifth year, so the year that after they would be a senior, we actually are able to pay for a full another year of college courses. And in our case at our local community college, which is Monroe Middle College. So students have an option to get, they can get an associate's degree completed. Um, most students in our case, because they have, we are able to offer a traditional high school experience alongside these advanced college credit opportunities. Um, most of our students get about a year and a half of their college paid for in this program. Um, and so it just isn't an, an, another additional step that you can get quite a bit more paid for. Um, in our state of Michigan, the state requires that students are in the state level switched over to the, to the middle college year by their junior year. And I might be getting a little bit into the weeds and that's not really my intentions, but <laughs> I only say that because students have to apply. So there's an application okay. process and that, that those things have to be switched over by their junior year. Now they can kind of switch back to a traditional diploma in our case. Um, so for example, I've had students who were planning to go to Ida Early Middle College and at the end of their traditional senior year, they were offered, I had a student that was offered a full ride at U of M. I had a student who was offered opportunity to play baseball or softball, which was her dream. And our program is set up so those students can exit middle college and graduate with their class and, and explore their options if they are able to. Not every program is set up like that, but that is kind of the way our model is. Sure. That's fantastic. So basically, there are differences <laughs> Um, and there are definitely differences in the weeds, but the top thing personally that kind of shouts out to me is how middle college can kind of keep you going for that next year after high school too to keep getting college credits. I mean, there are many options and many, quite a few differences, but like, did I understand that correctly? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So cool. And one of the things that's exciting both about dual enrollment and middle college, no matter how many credits they get. Most colleges still view them as incoming freshman students with advanced standing, which means they have access to freshman scholarships, which are more traditionally much more money than you would get as a transfer student. That's that's enormous, actually. That's really cool. Yeah, because I transferred from community to eastern Michigan, but I had to do it as a transfer student. But yeah, you're right. There are a lot of freshman scholarships out there. I'm not really asking a question. I'm just thinking out loud. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Have you ever, again, I'm going off script here because I keep thinking of ideas. Okay. Have you ever had students pair any of this with testing out of classes, like with CLEP tests or anything? Just a random question I thought of. We haven't done it that, we have not paired it in that way. Okay. I'm throwing that out there because anyone listening to this who's like, well, this is great, but like I'm out of high school. <laughs> um, just throwing out there, you guys, if you haven't listened too much to this podcast, I do talk about CLEP tests and ways you can test out of classes if you're already in college, like you you missed this step. I mean, you can also do CLEP tests in high school, but also look at the dual enrollment. Like 
it's perfect, right? Um, but if anyone out there is wondering about wh- what can I do that's unconventional, kind of like this, but in college, like I'm already past this stage, head on over to episode 148, which talks about how I earned uh, my first degree for only $1,200 because of testing out of a bunch of classes. Just thought of that. We're trying to compare dual enrollment, middle college, and I wanted to explain uh, CLEP tests for anyone listening who's like confused if it's the same thing. CLEPs are different. Um, and if you're interested in that, if you're past high school, you can head over to that episode. Um, anyways, thank you. I just, I just thought I should clarify the difference between all of these three different things. Okay. Let's see. All right. Yeah. So the, the meat of what I'm so excited to hear about from you guys, tell me how this has worked for your students, you know, any success stories and specifically how it's helping them save money and avoid student loans, doing dual enrollment middle college, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, gosh, some of the ones that stand out is we've had a lot of students being really successful in our nursing program at community, which is a hard program to get into. Oh, it's very hard. And we have kind of, um, put together a plan to like either, either if they're middle college or dual enrollment of the right classes they need to be taking here in high school and then also through dual enrollment and then other prep they need to do. Um, and we've had a, a a good outcome, like more than better than I expected, which is fantastic. But we had a couple young ladies who were able to apply for the nursing program. They were middle college students. So they had enough done that that fifth year of education paid for their first semester of the nursing program and also all of their prereqs. Um, And then they applied for the president scholarship. So they were able then to finish and this has happened more than once, they were able then to finish that nursing degree and take more gen ed classes for their bachelor's of nursing and transferring um, without really paying any tuition costs. So not That's only were they awesome. able to complete that three-year degree essentially, but they're also able to get a n- more gen ed. So they were able to transfer and finish their bachelor's. Wow. Okay. 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 So they had all the prereqs because yeah, getting to the nursing program is different because you got to do anatomy and phys and like these other classes. Yeah. And then because of that, they were so on top of it with prereqs that middle college or that paid for year after high school could start them into that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Set it all up. Okay. Okay. Um. Also throwing this out there, well, for you guys and anyone listening, when I became a writing fellow at our community college, I also already had tuition paid for. So they were going to give me a free class for being a writing fellow, but because I had tuition paid for it, they gave me a just like voucher to the bookstore. So in that way, I had books paid for. So anyone out there listening who's like wanting to, there are ways to get bookstore money too. Just throwing that out there. Um, That's amazing. Okay. So nursing. Yeah. Because that is, can be very hard to get on into. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it. Yeah. Tell me, tell me more. I'm psyched up about this. Yeah. So a success story. I'm success story I'm thinking of is I had a student who was interested in the bioengineering program at the University of Toledo. Um, So through the middle college program, he was able to max out all of the classes he needed, prereqs, any classes that he could transfer over, he maxed out through the middle college program. So he took 51 credit hours, which saved him $7,600, which is awesome. 
you're specific on the amount. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have like a we do keep stats. <laughs> yeah. Google sheet of who's went through the program. We've had 58 kids go through the program from the classes of 2017 to 2023. Mm-hmm. And currently we have 12 students in the fifth year of the middle college program, 15 students in the fourth year and 21 in their third year of the program. Wow. I love this. Dad, yeah, that's exactly like explaining what money you've saved. And plus, just imagining there's probably more money they're saving Mm -hmm. that you can't calculate, not Mm -hmm. because you guys can't calculate, but I mean, if someone is getting their school paid for now, and hypothetically, they're working like a part-time student job or something and saving a little bit, they're probably going to be able to pay for their future stuff they transfer to, and you don't even know the impact that that has like yeah, they and in some of those more money in some of those cases the students were like they could have actually taken more classes but they mm-hmm. were so set in what they wanted to do we knew it wouldn't transfer and so they like got to take a lower number of credits mm-hmm. that final year which was great because some of those kids the kids that top out like that they worked so hard for so long right mm-hmm. and so it was really it's really nice to be like no we have I have talked to the engineering department at UT yeah. there's literally nothing else you can take like we have met with them like enjoy life a bit and you know whatever work or whatever else you need to do you can take a lower number of credits but they could have taken more just they they knew what they were doing and wanted to make sure it was specific for that program. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I love that. And I tell people too, like, don't kill yourself over it if you don't have to. Sometimes, you know, I'd rather have just, you know, the credits, just the grades that you need and also get sleep and have like mm-hmm. mental health, you know, and yeah. social life. So yeah, don't kill yourself over it. Now, um, is there anybody that this type of program would not be for? Because you had said... You know, you have 12, I, I I admit I didn't memorize all that you said, but there were 12 students in this and 20 in that year. And you've had 55 go through the program. I know you guys have a school of more than 55 kids over the past five years. So like, what are the reasons people are, would not want to go through this? We don't know. Um, I think <laughs> there's confusion about Monroe Middle College. One's an amazing program, but they are a different model in that they are on Monroe Community College's campus. And so a lot of people, when we talk about this, they assume that they mean their student needs to leave Ida and be on the college campus when we're like, no, 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 they still stay with us. It just looks different. And their model is great and they do great things. They're just different. Um, we yeah, I would have thought up, that too. Yes. We have set it up to be so flexible um, because we're like, if you right now I have kids that are in the top 10 of their class seniors. And they have chosen this at middle college as a pathway. They know they have a long, you know, they want to go into years of college and this is an economical pathway for them. But as seniors, they're also applying to schools and we 100% give them those freedoms. And we're like, if you get something better, feel free to exit. We're with you. We care more about you as a person than we care about any program. So we're really trying to encourage that line of thinking a little bit more of like, you can leave at any time. Um, and truly, middle college programs are designed to support students that need extra support in the college process. That is the point of them. Um, but we have really successful students take advantage of it, which we want as well. So we are not saying no to either group. But I think sometimes when you have your students that are very academically college bound focused, a lot of them apply. Some of the students struggle, think, oh, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you have students who are struggling and they apply, 
then some of the really academic students are like, wait, that's not for me. So we're like, no, you guys, like we, you can be a, like, we will pay for your welding degree. Like it doesn't have to be a four-year transfer. You can finish a full program at the college and we'll support you in all these different areas. Mm -hmm. So we haven't figured out yet why more people don't do it. Um, I think sometimes the reality is they don't feel like they're ready to make that decision. Mm -hmm. And they feel like it's, we do make them do an application. We have an interview process. Um, they feel like even though we tell them it's not a final decision that they feel like it is and we do want them to take it seriously and we want them to understand the program and then we do tell students like if your dream of all dreams is to live on a four-year university and your family can afford that then this is probably not the program for you and that's really the only scenario um and we show them the amount of money those things cost so they have they have like a baseline to understand that what that will be versus what we can save them in the program. But I don't know if you find out, yeah. we would love for you to tell us. <laughs> it has started to take off the past couple of years though. It's starting to grow more and more as right. people have started to hear of the success stories here of the different kinds of students it's reaching that it's not a specific group of students. It's impacting it impacts all different kinds of students in great ways. That's awesome. Well, it sounds, I mean, I don't know, but it sounds to me like, it's understanding, it's knowledge, them understanding what this is. And not for lack of communication. Somebody could be told something seven times and they still don't understand it. And I'm not saying I'm not saying they're dumb, but it, it's just like your mind is on a lot of other things in life. It just sounds like mm-hmm. the knowledge. That's why we wanted to have you guys on to kind of explain it. And basically there's a lot of things. There's dual enrollment connected with your high school. There's middle early middle college, if I said that right, connected to your high school. There's middle college at our community college there's testing out of classes, there's all these options. So like, why not just at least go sit with someone and learn about the options, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I only have a couple minutes left because um, I have the short Zoom, <laughs> Zoom the, the short Zoom uh, membership thing so that I don't wax on eloquently forever because I would. So as we have like a minute left, could you give us any other Uh, encouragement or thing you would like to tell anybody listening about all of this? (laughs) I think just honestly touching base with your school counselor and seeing the opportunities that are out there. Like this is a great opportunity, but there's also opportunities such as like CTE where you can take classes at other schools. Like we aren't saying dual enrollment at early middle college is the only way for future success, um, but to take advantage of those extra programs that will set you up or help you discern like what your post-secondary planning should look like or options that are out there. Absolutely. Basically, it sounds like your heart is for the students, not that you're trying to just sell something because it's like them paying for students' college. Like your heart is for the students and I really commend you and all that. You guys are on top of it. Like, sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us on. Oh, you're so welcome. And hey, I don't know. I'm going to send you an email later about this. I might want to come listen. Would I be able to come listen in one of those info nights just for my own understanding of this? All right. I'll I'll connect it. I'll connect. I don't have kids, but you know, I'll I'll stay connected about that. Um, It was Mm -hmm. so nice to meet you guys. I'm glad that we connected through like a mutual uh, network friend and anyone listening, let me know if you have questions about this and, or if you want them on again to go into some weeds about all of this. So Thank you so much, guys. Perfect. Thank, Thank you. you. Yay. I'm going to stop the recording now. See you later. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing? Dude, 
if you have been listening to us for a while or even this is your first time yeah keep listening to the podcast but go plan an appointment with your counselor high school college whatever or even if you're wanting to get into college but you're you took a gap year you don't know who to talk to you can still plan a time with a college counselor you're looking at going into which college or just someone who's done it before for example come on over into our Facebook group, Christian College Girl Community on Facebook. Also link in the description below and post your questions. Ask me stuff for free. Let me know if you want these lovely ladies on again to hash out some more stuff and stay connected. That's Christian College Girl Community on Facebook. Until next time, guys, I put out a couple episodes a week, so stay tuned. See you later. Bye. Hey girl, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who wants to get scholarships and avoid student loans just like you? Okay, now I'm off to hopefully play some Ultimate Frisbee. I'll meet you back here in a few days for another episode. Bye!